Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love Radio show. It's only three sleeps till I go to LA. I can't believe it. I'm so excited and there's still so much to do and it's a crazy time. But uh, so many things are just falling into place. It's quite incredible and I'm going to be doing Vegas for a day and a night now, which is so cool because I didn't think that was going to be happening so hopefully I get everything done and I get there and uh, I can't wait. I just I just so can't wait. And it's going to be really, really lovely catching up with the people in the community that we're going to be doing that Friday night dinner and a Saturday uh, lunch. Now the people that have been emailing me, can you please RSVP really, really quickly so that we can confirm numbers and get it all organized. So that's going to be just so gorgeous to do that and catch up in person. So today's radio show is a radio show that my son prompted me to do. And I'm really excited to be doing it now. And it's about my dating experiences. So this is really quite revealing. Now part one, which is today, is going to be the prelude. It's about the setup and the orientation and this is really, really important. So the more juicier stuff is going to be next week. Uh, so this stuff that I'm going to be talking about, and as I said, it was my son that really said, Mum, why don't you talk about your dating experiences? And he was going overseas. He's actually in Vietnam at the moment, and we needed to create articles in advance. And he said to me, well, why don't you share about your dating and my response to him, my immediate response was, you want me to do what? Isn't any of my life sacred? And Zach gave me that look. And I know what that look meant. That look was, mum, you really stand for being transparent and authentic. So just do it. Be that. Now, because this two-part series is about relationship, it's really important to understand that I been very committed to establishing evolutionary relationships with the people in my life who've got the capacity to do relationship at that level. And what that means, an evolutionary relationship, is it's high levels of trust, love and connection. And they're relationships whereby we hold each other accountable to being the best person we can possibly be. So what this really means, it's about pointing out blind spots. It means being able to have the difficult conversations with people that you care about, which are orientated about caring for that other person enough that you can help them grow. Now what that means is, is that you don't just tell people in your life what they want to hear you're not just about supplementing each other's ego or identity or brushing over the difficult stuff. 
you're really in the relationship saying, well, you know, I care and love about you enough that I want to help you grow and I want you to care and love me enough that you're going to help me grow as well. And relationships at this level mean that your highest priority is growth and development and therefore you do take the other person's suggestions on board because you know that they have your best interest at heart. Now my son and I are really blessed to have such a mutually shared agreement for our relationship with each other. And this was actually a beautiful inspiration that I got from Catherine Woodward Thomas's work and Claire Zamet's work, which is all about these powerful relationships of growth and development. And my son and I do work with that, as I do with other really important people in my life, even including my parents which is incredible that they're in their 80s and we're doing relationship at that level. So when my son gave me that look, I immediately got his look. I knew what it was about and I really knew he was right. So I felt into the suggestion and a big rush of inspiration came and I knew it was really right for me to do this. In fact, it's so right for me to do this that I'm really thrilled to share my present dating information with you. So... The destination, this was something I really thought about and since my separation from the last and final narcissist in my life over a year ago, I was barely dating at the start of that separation and for months and the reason was because my greatest commitment was to myself. Now I knew the recovery process intimately because I'd already been through it once before and because I am on the forefront of being fortunate enough to be able to help thousands of other people worldwide recover from narcissistic abuse. And I knew that in order to heal, I had to release all of the painful trapped emotions that I'd accumulated during that relationship. And those emotions that get stuck in our body from the trauma, they create depression, they create the obsession where we can't stop going over events over and over in our mind. That's a normal, normal common symptom of narcissistic abuse. And also too, what's very, very common is the feelings of being psychically connected with narcissists. And we all know that the list of pain with the deception and cruelty of narcissistic abuse goes on and on and on. It is a phenomenon and unless you've been through it, you couldn't even begin to imagine what it's like. Now, even though I'd been through it once before, going through it the second time didn't mean I didn't have those symptoms, regardless of all the information I knew. I did have them because I had trauma in my body. And I also knew that it would be fruitless to try to source and create a new relationship through a wounded inner center. And that victimized emotions are only going to attract and create more victimization in my life. So I knew I needed to work hard to be free of all of that. So apart from really focusing on shifting those trapped painful emotions and trauma out of my body, additionally, I did a profoundly deep inner self-inventory regarding why I had attracted narcissistic abuse again and I worked very hard at locating the corresponding false beliefs, the previous unfinished business and the transforming of these core and crucial belief systems to much healthier ones. And when I was doing these transformations, they made so much sense as to why it had happened again. 
And I was thrilled to be able to share the findings with the community, as well as also being able to bring to light what an altruistic narcissist was, because I know a lot of people in the community had been really, really struggling with that. So all of it was so meant to be. Now what I also did is I implemented great self-care. So I got into meditation and yoga, brilliant supplements, superfoods, regular exercise and wonderful lifestyle choices. So I took my health and well-being to a whole nother level where I'd never actually been at before. And speaking of lifestyle choices, I marvel at how much my life has changed for the better. When I was writing this particular article, I was sitting in a cafe, which I do a lot of, and I was answering emails regarding meetings in LA, something I never thought I once would have been doing, something like that was way outside of my previous identity. And I was eating a delicious lunch after having a swim in the ocean. It was a beautiful summer's day when I wrote this. And after I finished the rough draft, I went back in for another swim. And I never used to work like that. I never used to grant myself so much pleasure of the things that I used to only dream of doing in the past. So that's how much my life has changed. Okay, so back to my healing past. So because of all of my efforting determinedly to heal myself piece by piece, the darkness of the narcissistic abuse was dissolving rapidly and then happiness, inspiration and loving thoughts started to come in. And that's what it's all about. It's all about clearing out the pain and the trauma and the constriction and then we start opening up to be able to put the good stuff in. So after several months of this intensive healing journey, and it was intensive and I was very, very committed, I began to feel the most whole, energized, confident and healthy I'd ever felt in my entire life, which truly is what thriving after narcissistic abuse is all about. It is the emancipation of our limiting beliefs and our painful emotions in order to rise to personal levels that we've never reached previously before this happened to us. So I want to talk to you about connecting to life and this is a big emphasis that I'm really taking on this year and I'm really wanting to share a lot of. A great deal of my progress my healing progress came as a result of my new understandings of connecting to life and developing the orientations that I'd never lived until after the second narcissistic abuse experience. Everything within my study, everything about getting relationship right, which is relationship to self and relationship to life, all of the study, all of the learning, the reading, the healings, all of the meditations I was doing, Everything was leading me towards relatedness and being able to dissolve separation within myself and with others and life. Now two articles ago we talked about the metaphor of the child in the cellar of the castle and that inner child and our pain and our wounds that we've been separating from. We've been trying to ignore them, cover them up, distract, get somebody else to fix them. When we aren't going to those wounds, we're separating from ourselves. And what that creates is a further manifestation of separating from others and separating from life. 
And this is what I was so determined to heal and get right. So the opposite of separation is connection. And I really wanted to strive for connection, developing it deeply within myself and then showing up in the field of life as love and extension of myself wherever possible. So once really healing that inner relationship with myself and deeply connecting with love and acceptance to myself, then it was about glowing that out into the world and connecting to the field in that way. And not from any position of agenda, not to get, simply to genuinely connect. And the more and the more that I shifted faulty belief systems out of my inner self, the more I realized that life co-creates with us through the field of connection to life. So I understood that in order to create any great relationship in my life, period, that separation and fear had to go. However, and I know that you can really deeply relate to this, it's very hard to connect to life when we're not feeling safe. And when we've been narcissistically abused, we do not feel safe. So this meant that I needed to firmly confront my fears of relating. And my fears of relating were fears of being taken over, engulfed, deceived, misled and abused. And we're all different. We can all have different core wounds. Your core wounds may be a fear of being ignored, a fear of being detached from, a fear of not being noticed, a fear of being invisible. But it's really, really interesting. Even though mine, a fear of being engulfed, there's also a deep fear of abandonment there as well. And even if your fears are of being ignored and being uh, invisible, on the flip side of that, you will have fears of being engulfed. It's all about fear. So realizing that my fears are my wounds and they're my emotions and of course that means they're my responsibility. Nothing from the outside can fix the inside. That's my responsibility. So I realized through my understandings of relatedness and connecting to the field, the true power is in personal authenticity. And when we're personally authentic, when we're real, we're no longer hiding or twisting or playing games. And what that actually means is that we are no longer self-abandoning. And I knew that I had horrifically self-abandoned in my past. So I did many, 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 many healing sessions on myself in relation to this to be able to reach the level where I could be really personally, personally authentic, that I could really show up honestly in the field. And that meant if I was unsure of something, that I had the ability to be deeply anchored within my own body and I was able to confront and ask questions and clarify if necessary. Meaning that I wasn't going to self-abandon. I wasn't going to distrust my gut anymore. How many times did all of us, we'd get that feeling that something's not right. 
we'd ignore it, we'd analyse it away, we'd feel embarrassed about bringing it up or we didn't want to rock the boat or we didn't want to ruin the fantasy or the illusion and we'd just go along. Or we'd think, oh, is this my fears or is there something wrong? Is this me? In other words, we weren't trusting our intuition. We didn't know if we could trust it. We didn't even know if it was accurate. And that's all about self-abandoning. And the truth is we may not be infallible. Our gut mightn't be right. And I know that I'm not infallible. But however, if I feel confused because I've established a deep connection with myself, I can stay calm. I can ask for clarification. Lovingly and respectfully, I can be in my body, not abandoning myself. And having those difficult conversations if necessary to have them being honest, being open, being truthful until clarity is available. So authenticity also meant speaking up healthily for what I needed rather than trying in maladaptive ways to get needs met such as just go along with other people thinking they would then love and respect me or be indirect or bottle up therefore creating separation and resentment instead of connection. Connection is authenticity. It's about communicating and communicating truthfully. That's what creates love, respect and connection. Because I deeply realized that connection, trust and love is created by emotional honesty. And I was determined to practice it in every relationship in my life without exception. And it created some rough spots, absolutely it did. In fact, one long-term relationship completely ended as a result of it. However, I am happy to report that every relationship that I genuinely value has become more real, deep, loving and honest as a result of this dedication to authenticity. I've also created many more incredible, new, valuable friendships and relationships as a result of showing up authentically. And I knew I had to get authenticity right before even thinking about dating seriously. And I knew it was necessary before I could attract an equal who is also orientated in his life at this level. And that's so important to understand. Where we're at is the level that we're going to meet people at in the field. That's the vibration that we're going to meet. So if we're scared, if we're hiding, if we're not being real, we're going to meet other people that are also hiding their wounds, hiding their true self, and they're trying to maladapt in a ways to be accepted and approved of. Can you understand that? Because it is so, so important. So being alone first is essential to get relationship right with ourselves and then get it right with the field. So no more was I going to be romantically involved with wounded individuals who weren't connected to life and others wholesomely. And yes, it had been a mirror, 100%. And that's what taking responsibility is all about. If we want to up-level our life, we have to up-level ourselves first. Because I knew I had to become the relationship that I wanted to experience. So before becoming really solid and ready 
the universe supported me by giving me time. Totally. There were not many desired candidates turning up. Great people, but just not great for me. And I remained choosy and I was certainly not needy enough to just grab anyone. That's not what I wanted to do in any shape or form. So my orientation was much more focused on healing and up-leveling myself and I was also working at having healthy and wonderful male friendships, which was something that I hadn't done for years. Now I love this bit because this was a hugely inspiring thing when I heard this story for me. Nelson Mandela was once asked how he survived when he was imprisoned all those years. And that obviously included grueling solitary confinement that he went through. And his answer was, I wasn't surviving, I was preparing because I knew if I ever got out that I would leave the country and I needed to be ready for that. So I did everything I could to prepare myself. Whoa, how huge is that? He didn't wallow, he didn't feel sorry for himself. He just kept improving himself while whilst biding his time. He wasn't going without, he was preparing. Now, how much more inspiration do we need? That was hugely inspiring for me. So likewise, my hiatus period was, my period of being alone was all about the preparation to become the woman I needed to be in order to generate and receive a spectacular love relationship. So getting clear is just so important is. Now, for myself personally, the fact of the matter is a love relationship is one of my cherished desires. It is the issue in my life that has been the most challenged and it has hurt, thwarted and disappointed me more than anything I've ever struggled with. And I know that a loving, beautiful love relationship for many of you is a deep desire as well. And this is why I so hope that these examples, this radio show and this article and part two next week, I just hope it can really help you. Now, I realized this time around, I needed to have a very clear relationship orientation and this meant getting really clear about who I was and what was really important to me. Last week's article describes where I used to be trying to source love from and I was trying to source love from my inner wounded parts, which were the insecurities, the fears and beliefs that I couldn't create with source life, God, my own life. Now, I thought I couldn't get brave in life until I had a man to help me be brave. So the old me believed a man was needed in order to live. I was trying to replace the creative power of my own infinite self which is unlimited and is connected to source life God, I was trying to replace that with another human being. Now, human personalities are not God. Yet I tried to make out that narcissistic men were gods and I clung to them despite the abuse as if they were the source of all my life. And I had done that twice. Now, naturally, the men I were attracting were men 
who would simply grant me my biggest fears of not being able to generate my own survival or my own life as a super serve in order to correct this false and fearful generating of life. Now, I personally needed to take full responsibility for my part in being a woman who couldn't survive without a man. Now, we know from a woman's perspective, and I'm not saying that it hasn't been hard for for men that have been narcissistically abused, it's been horrific for them too. And for women, you know, it's only really a generation where women have been able to source life for themselves and they haven't been dependent. Now, we've got a lot in our DNA that has made us really fearful and dependent. And we have to, we have to heal this. We don't have a choice anymore. We need to become the new system. Otherwise, it's very painful and it's also very dangerous. Now, I desperately needed to heal that, those false beliefs. Because when I was not sourcing life, truth, love and power from my own connection to source God life, I was leaning on some very poor and even pathological substitutes. We all need to understand this. It is really impossible to create different results with the same beliefs, choices and behaviours. In fact, that's been dubbed the definition of insanity when we're trying to get a different result doing the same thing. And as such, I knew I needed to create a powerful new intention. I needed to change the course of how I'd been operating. So my relationship intention statement. Now, I used to think that similar interests were compatible components in love. Okay, so it's like, yeah, we're both spiritual. We like the same stuff. We like doing the same things. We, I used to think that's what it was about. And now I know just how powerful and important aligned values are. Now, aligned values are not what people tell you. It's what they do in life. It's how they show up in life. It's what their life looks like. So what are my values? What are the things which are really important to me? That's what I wanted to totally recognize. Now, my top answers to that were creating authentic, transparent and real connections. Real, being real and having people in my life that were real. So we're really talking about evolutionary relationships, not just relationships where people white lie, fluff up other people's egos, say what people want to hear, be inauthentic. No, that's not what I'm about. So my second thing was flourishing. This was what was important to me, flourishing in order to become the highest version of myself possible. And what that really means is being able to say, In life, I went all the way. I came and did what I was meant to do here. That I could lie on my deathbed and said, you know what, I showed up. I gave it, I gave it my all. I wanted to flourish. It's very important. And fully contributing to help humankind evolve as source life God would have me do. So these things were really important to me. And they may not be important to you. I have a beautiful dear girlfriend who is just such a lovely mum. That's 
what's important to her that's her heart's greatest desire and you know we all have different purposes for being here we all have different reasons and we need to work out what is important to you so therefore to be true to myself my life and my individual calling it's imperative totally imperative that my love partner is compatible to this truth of my real life and my soul orientation so after a lot of thinking and reworking I came up with my relationship intention statement so this is where I wanted to go this is what I wanted to create in as far as love so what it is is divine spirit please open my heart to accept and receive my beloved the most divine selection available as the man with who I co-create divine and authentic love, true mutual flourishing and evolutionary healing for the world. That's what's important to me. And that's what relationship looks like for me. So I set the goal for this manifestation and cleared resistance with the use of the quantum freedom healing goal setting process and that's actually the same process as the goal setting module in NARP. And I actually heard from one of the uh, NARP recovery members not long ago where she had a relationship intention that she set for a partner. She cleared resistance and her goal setting module. And it was actually very quick for her that he turned up. This man turned up in her life. Now, after setting that goal... I anchored into the goal joyfully and deeply. I could feel it through every cell in my body as real. So this means a completely different level of orientation from what I've had in the past. And I also got very, very clear where I had been going really wrong in my choices of men before, which was saying yes to people that I didn't really feel emotionally connected to. So they were people that were showing up in my life where I'd look at them and I'd look at the glitz and the glamour and the this and the that and I'd think, okay, well, yeah, I could, all right, I'm not really feeling it, but okay, let's see how this could go. So never again am I going to make that mistake. Proceeding, even when something inside me felt wrong about it, I know many, many people that get into relationship with narcissists absolutely had that feeling. There's something really often unwholesome here. I don't know what it is, but I took myself out of it. And what I also did was I settled for less. You know, there's people in my life, I'd go, okay, well, you're not really it, but okay, maybe something better is not going to come along. So because it hasn't in my life before, so I think, yeah, I think I'm going to go with this because somebody better that can look after me mightn't turn up. Now, these were all to do with limiting beliefs and fears. And I released those, I worked on those and confronted those about the previous patterns and pledged deep, deep inside of myself that this time I would not make those mistakes. And I would wait for the man who did match my intentions, who I did feel truly compatible with, and who I did find incredibly magnetic, real, and attracted to. 
So the narc's previous personas were in fact a turn off for me. And maybe you can relate to that, that there was things that the narcissist would say or do that were just yuck. And the truth was I'd previously been attracted to narcissists as a result of my survival fears mostly. Now it took a lot of digging and a lot of deep inner healing and realization to get very clear about that. And I am very clear about that. And I actually found, and this is what I brushed over, I actually found that whole narc, look at me, look at me behavior, the pretenses, the trying to win approval, the, the, the competitive and the putting down of other men and um, yeah, that whole total arrogance I actually found it really icky and very insecure and not attractive at all and you can probably relate to that if you're really honest with yourself so after getting clear and setting my intentions and becoming a vibrational match things started to happen very very quickly as source God life started co-creating this intention with me now I love that when we do the inner work and we anchor into intention and then we open up and say yes, things start happening outside of ourselves incredibly quickly. Now what happened to me after all of this clarity and setting that intention, it was within days, it might have even been the next day, I saw a dating video, I was looking up on YouTube, other stuff, totally unrelated and then this one grabbed my intention and I clicked on it and it was actually regarding internet dating and red dresses. And I had this immediate inner worship, do it. Put on your red dress, take some photos. So within two days, my new photos were done and they were posted on the dating site. Then I had an inspiration to rewrite my profile. My profile became a clear love letter to the universe. Really authentic, very truthful. I stated I was not seeking any partner and I was not looking for a relationship for security, comfort, or to confirm each other's identity. Now, they were my previous patterns. And I wrote about an evolutionary relationship, how I was looking for authentic connection, supporting each other's thriving, and co-creations in the world. So it was very much about being the wind underneath each other's wings. Now, I checked in with some male friends that were in my age bracket, and I said, well, what, what do you think of my profile? And they said to me, the photos are great, but you're going to scare guys off. Men need you to need them. This is too intimidating. You're acting too much like an equal to a lot of men. They're going to be scared off. So I shrugged my shoulders and I said, we'll see, because I was feeling really deeply what I was going for. And the reason I said, we'll see, is because I know this. Whatever we are deeply authentic about and we deeply stand for and feel is true for us is the point of attraction that we do manifest into our life. So I wasn't going to twist myself into a pretzel to be something that I thought other people would find appealing. I was going to be true to my orientation. And this to me was all about the new relationship model. Because I believe love relationships are evolving and they are moving out of the old gender roles and towards spiritual partnership of deep relatedness and connection. Survival is not the orientation now. I believe the male provider is on the way out. 
And I also believe that women's fearful dependencies, I need a man to survive, has been a painful contributor to relationship violence as well as relationship manipulation on both sides of the fence. Now many great men have been wonderful providers and many great women have been provided for. But now there are men that are reliant on the provider identification to source significance and sometimes assert control and power. Definitely that's very, very much the narcissistic orientation when men, narcissistic men are hell-bent on being the provider and they use money and status as weapons. And forever throughout history, many women have not become their truest and highest self because they are fearfully dependent. They're unwilling to rise or they've allowed themselves to be controlled. Or they're thinking that a man's going to give me everything I want. I don't have to do it myself. Now, please note, these traditional gender roles, they can cross gender and they can also play out in in same-sex relationships. Now, necessary human evolution requires now for us to all come together on a more related, more equal and much healthier playing field. Love, respect and power are no longer commodities to be fought over. These energies are now to be self-generated and then shared. We're all evolving towards shared roles and responsibilities, greater personal empowerment and capacities for both men and women to have true flourishing in their life, to be the highest expression of themselves. And much deeper emotional and spiritual connection, healthier bonding and a greater respect for each other. No longer is a successful relationship based on material survival. And fear. Successful relationship are now ones of authentic emotional and spiritual relatedness, which is true connection, and where each person stands in and for the other person to be the highest potential of their gifts and talents possible to share with the world. Why is this important for relationships now? Because life is now calling all of us to express our true selves and none of us are happy unless we're doing that. So what is our true self purpose? It's anything that we do within the beingness of shining love and authenticity. Our purpose is where we connect to others and we contribute to life with love. Our purpose is being the full expression of who we really are, what really lights us up and what we're here to do, whether it's selling cakes or running a multinational company. If we are not happy and we're not fulfilling our true self-purpose, then how on earth are we going to share fulfillment, joy and love with another person? The truth is we can't. And that's when it gets all pear-shaped because I'm not happy and I'm expecting you to make me happy. That never works and that's where the power struggles and the violence begins. So the issue for our generation is we've never had this new relationship paradigm modelled for us because our parents weren't living it. We're the first generation caught up in this changeover in the entire history of mankind and that is huge because we're right on the leading edge of an incredible evolutionary shift. It's massive. 
Never before have there been so many single people on the planet. Look it up if you don't believe me. And never before has there been such a higher, high rate of divorce and separations. The old system is decaying. It is dying. It's falling apart at the seams. And quite frankly, it is exploding everywhere we look because it's meant to. Our parents were in the old system. And as they leave the planet, so will the previously defined survival gender roles. They're going to die out with that generation. Interestingly, our children, fortunately, as a result of learning from our struggles, they've had wonderful models of seeing how not to do it. And simply because they're more naturally wise and evolved than we are, and I promise you that, they are coming in with a much wholer DNA than what we've had. Our children are often already modelling equality and the new system beautifully. And it's so interesting when we're looking at people in their 20s that are doing it so much healthier than what we are. Humankind's entire consciousness needs to stop regurgitating the past if we want to love each other and survive. We need to let go and we need to shift upwards and forwards. We need to heal and release the back of our brain and we need to start sourcing life from the front of our brains. We need to release fear and survival. All of those old survival programs. We need to let go of our history and we need to create a new future. We need to realize that our children are now our teachers. Many of the younger generation don't need to fearfully source power, significance or survival through specific gender roles. And as a result, there is less enmeshment, there's less power struggles and less difficulty in relating to each other and much less need to control, cling or compete. In younger relationships, responsibilities are shared. There's more freedom, there's more trust and respect granted and support and inspiration is naturally extended to each other without insecurities to see both sexes grow, develop and thrive. There's not this fear of, if you don't need me or if I can't give you this, you'll leave me. There's not that male control of sourcing power through being a provider. And women, the, the younger females, aren't playing out. I can't survive in the world without you and handing over power and trying to source power through their man. The younger generation are individually sourcing connection to inspiration and power and then they are sharing it. And therefore real relationships can flourish. Yes, of course men and women are different. Yet the evolution of relationship is towards oneness. Oneness is not division, it's a deep loving connection of mutuality and relatedness. It's coming together through our similarities, not trying to source power through our differences. Oneness is the God-source life in me sees and meets the God-source life in you. Oneness dispels the painful and fearful illusions of separation. So this is a model of a world leaving survival and fear behind and fast-tracking into conscious co-creation and love. And in fact, it is happening at lightning speed. 
because we've had one generation of this changeover where it has exploded and broken down and we are that generation. So it's up to all of us to help midwife this true relationship model into being. So that was my orientation. That's why I wrote the profile I did and that's why I stood in it. So what were the results of that? When my profile went live, I immediately received a lot of contact as soon as I updated it. And this included many emails. Now the dating profile I am on, generally what happens is you get a kiss first, which is um, a sign of interest, and then you reply back if you're interested and then email conversation can start. So I was actually getting lots of emails straight off the bat dating from guys that many men deeply resonated with what I'd written. They completely acknowledged what I'd written. And this was incre- and what's incredibly interesting is a lot of these guys were actually in their 30s. They were younger than my age bracket. And they got my profile really easily, whereas men in their middle to late 40s and older nearly all stated that they understood it and they thought it was really honest and authentic and amazing what I'd written, but they also would put in there some men would be very intimidated by you. So it's obvious how younger men are not as entrenched in the survival gender roles, which really supplements my theory that the younger people are more naturally evolved and evolving into equality. And this was really so interesting because it led to a decision that I'd never previously considered, which was also to date men in their 30s, much younger, up to 10 years and even more younger than myself. And I'm going to talk about that next week as well, the actual dating experiences I've been having. So despite what my male friends have predicted, that you're going to scare guys off, this isn't going to work, my profile actually hit the number two spot out of thousands of profiles Australia-wide. So it was actually a huge hit, which is really interesting because the dating site isn't a spiritual dating site I'm on. It's a mainstream dating site. So what these results really mean is the power of being personally authentic, which is real and true to yourself, is clearly unmistakable. So... That's it for part one. I know there's an enormous amount to think about. An enormous amount. So it's going to be coming out on the blog article. It'll be all there for you, for you to read through and ponder through. And I hope you've enjoyed it. And I'm going to be in LA next week when uh, number two is done. So that's going to be really, really, really interesting. I'll be calling in Blog Talk Radio from LA and doing the radio show that way. So I really look forward to um, seeing, seeing you then. So that's it, everybody. Until next week, and lots of love, and see you in LA next week. Bye-bye.